You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. What are motivational gifts? Okay, glad you asked. I have a, I have a good quote from you, for you from, um, from Charles Stanley. I almost said Andy Stanley. This is Andy's dad. Those of you who know Andy Stanley, this is his dad, Charles Stanley. And a uh, great preacher. I, 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 I don't even know how many years he had in ministry. He says, a motivational gift is the underlying driving force that causes you to do the things you do the way you do them. Some have referred to them as personality gifts. Some people are oriented to do, doing tasks, and other people are oriented to speak in order to be fulfilled. So that's what a motivational gift is, and we all have them. We're in Romans chapter 12. It's where we get all this. We get this list. And so it's basically, uh, it's, like he said, some people have called them personality gifts. It's the, it's, it's the thing that, that causes you to behave a certain way, to react a certain way, to do certain things. Here's, here's why you need to get this, okay? You need to understand this. is because it's really easy to look around at people and see people who are different from you. Are there anybody, anybody different from you sitting here today? Anybody? You see, see people, you know, we like to use that W word, right? Weird, you know? Because if they're different from me, they're weird, right? Well, guess what? You're different from them, so that makes you weird to them. We're all weird in some way. But here's the reason we need to get this is because this isn't by accident, and those people aren't just weird. They are weirdly designed by God. They, they, they were designed this way, to act this way. To, you know, when, when you respond one way and they respond another way, I mean, what's the first thing we think? They're wrong, right? If they said, I mean, I post this and they post something else, they're wrong because, you know, I posted this. And so we immediately jump to that conclusion that, you know, they're, they're not in line with me, so they're weird, maybe even worse, they're wrong. And we need to get this, is that God designed them that way. And so then, then, then the goal becomes as, you know, as leaders, if you're, if you're a leader in the church, if you're a spiritual leader, in some way you're a Christian leader, our goal then becomes to not see these weird or wrong, even wrong people. When we see even when they're wrong, our goal is not to say, and to write them off because they're weird or they're wrong, they're not like us, but to understand God created them that way and help them to channel that weirdness and maybe even to change that wrongness where it doesn't change their personality or who they are or why they act that way, but to change that because God created that in them for it to be something he could use to help them see how that can be used of God because that's what God has called us to do, all to find that thing. You have been weirdly, divinely created to do something awesome for Jesus. Okay, so today we're talking about you know, we've talked about mercy, we've talked about teaching, those, those two motivational gifts. Today we're going to talk about the motivational gift of prophecy, all right? Now, when you, I know when you hear the word prophecy, we immediately think about, you know, foretelling end-time events, that kind of stuff, or foretelling tomorrow. That, that's not what the word means, okay? The word actually just means telling good news, okay? Uh, so that would include telling good news about tomorrow or the end of times, right? That, you know, the rapture, you know, the end of times, going to heaven and those kinds of So it would include that. But that's not all it is. Prophecy mainly just means that. But let's dig in and, and, and might be just a little bit 
clinical here, but I'm trying not to be, but just because I want to give you a little information about this. The motivational gift of prophecy is the ability, the personality, and the desire to communicate and enforce revealed truth. Here's our scripture from Romans chapter 12, verse 6. In God's grace, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you, okay? So if, if you, you take the test uh, about, what, four weeks ago, something like that, and you saw prophecy was way up there, then uh, if that's your gift, if that's your motivational gift, that's just what drives you, then, then jump on it. Do it. Speak out because God has given you that gift. Now, here's the thing. When, when you think of prophecy, I, I, like I said, we, we sometimes think about foretelling end times event. Here's the key word for you. Truth. That's what, that's what this gift of prophecy is all about. Now, if you think about some of the other gifts, uh, the motivational gifts of mercy and helps and those kinds of things, you know, what do you think of? You know, encouragement. I mean, you think about, you know, just helping people. And sometimes, you know, sometimes when you help somebody or you try to encourage somebody, sometimes you're not always truthful. Amen? I meant... <clears throat> Does this shirt make me look fat? <laughs> you know, now, sounds like I'm asking for somebody to speak to me in the gift of prophecy, but I might really be wanting somebody to speak to me in the gift of mercy, right? And, and so that's why this one is different in this way, okay? It's about truth. It's not just about speaking. It's not just about teaching. It's about speaking truth. Let's dig in just a little bit deeper, okay? Having the motivational gift of prophecy creates, if someone is gifted, it creates in them a strong desire for the truth of God to be understood by others. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and 5, Paul, Silas, and Timothy are writing back to the church at Thessalonica, and they say, for when we brought you the good news, we brought you this great truth, this good news, it was not only with words, but also with power, for the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance that what we said was true. Okay, so now they were preaching there. Now they've left and they're sending a letter back to them. And what are they doing in this letter? They're still trying to get them to believe the truth. You know, it, that's what this gift of prophecy, if, you, if you're motivated in that way, that's what it'll do. It will, it will give you this desire for people to know the truths of God. Okay, next slide. It also, a person so gifted will also be determined to find ways to declare boldly at times the truth of God regardless of the consequences. You know, I, I had a job one time, and I've said many times, I was perfect for the job if the job was what the job was supposed to be. I mean, it's like 95% of, of, of the job I was perfect for, but that other 5% required me to be a politician. And, you know, I just got this thing about me. Yes, I scored pretty high in prophecy, okay, well, the test, you know. I've just got this thing in me that when someone asks me a question, I think they want to know the truth. So don't ask me a question if you don't want to know the truth. If you want to know some mercy, or let me tell you somebody else that, that scored high in mercy or encouragement in our congregation, okay? And they can tell you if you don't really want to know the truth. They can build you up. They can encourage you. But if you want to know the truth, you know, that man, I, I can't tell you how many places telling the truth has gotten me in trouble. But someone who is motivated by prophecy don't care. They just don't care. Here's, here's a story in the Bible from the life of, uh, of, of the Apostle Paul, Acts chapter 26. Suddenly Festus shouted, the governor shouted, Paul, you are insane. Too much study has made you crazy. So Paul's been preaching. He's, man, he's preaching to the governor. He's preaching to the king and all the people around them in their courts. 
And Festus says, Paul, you, you crazy, man. I mean, you study so much, you've just gone crazy. And Paul replied, I am not insane, most excellent Festus. What I am saying is the sober truth. And King Agrippa, who is there present also, knows about these things. I speak boldly, for I am sure these events are all familiar to him, for they were not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you do. And Agrippa interrupted him. Do you think you can persuade me to become a Christian so quickly? Paul replied, whether quickly or not, I pray to God that both you and everyone here in this audience might become the same as I, except for these chains. <laughs> I don't really know why he threw that there, but you know, it's like, you know, he's, he's in chains, you know, he, he says, I want you to all become like me. Well, except for these chains, right? Because he had been arrested for preaching the gospel. I mean, and what is he doing? I mean, he's already dug himself a hole and he's just digging it deeper. He's, he's just preaching the gospel even stronger. I mean, in the face of the, 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 the governor and the king. And he's just digging his holy, he doesn't care. He's just that bold because of this motivational gift of prophecy that God has put in him. This is the way he responds to these kinds of situations. The truth has to be known. Not, not my freedom, not that I get turned loose, not that everybody likes me, not that I get a raise, not that I get a promotion. Not that, not that I walk out of here with five more contacts that I can sell to next week, but that the truth is known by all of these people. I've got too great an opportunity right here to not tell the truth. So that's what he does. Okay, and last one of these right here is the goal of this gift is to call people to righteous living. Look with me, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. This is, this is Paul speaking to the church at Corinth. And he says, let, your lo let love be your highest goal, okay? No doubt about it. Love. Love is important. Let love be your highest goal. But you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy, to speak truth. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. You'll be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it'll all be mysterious. But one who prophesies, one who speaks truth, strengthens others. Speaks truth that can be understood, strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthening themselves personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. The purpose is, is not for that purpose. One of the reasons that, that a, a person who is motivated by prophecy isn't so concerned about the fallout and is able to speak boldly is they know I'm not saying this for my own benefit. You know, I think sometimes when, uh, when I've not preached enough about giving, it's because, you know, I, I kind of don't want, you know, people to think, because I've heard so many people say, you know, preachers, they're just after my money. Churches are just after, you know, and it kind of makes you want to back off. But, man, if I don't tell you that, you know, you're the ones that are, you're the ones that are not going to benefit from the promises in God's words that what we sow we're going to reap. That when we give, we will receive and all those things. And, and, and one who is motivated in prophecy says, I, I, don't, I don't care about that because what I care about is for you to understand the truth so you can quit messing your life up. Quit falling in the same temptations. Quit, quit messing up every little detail of your life and, and see God do something amazing in your life. Now, we, I was thinking earlier this week and Actually, I was thinking this a couple of weeks ago, and this past week, somebody accidentally challenged me on this. I think, I don't know that they realized that they were challenging me on this, but I was thinking about how, how when, when Brent spoke on mercy a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, something like that, 
He talked about mercy, and you know how mercy is, you know, you took the test. If you didn't take the test, I hope you'll take the test and find out where your gifts are. It's, it's still there, church2911.com slash test. If you'll go there, you can, you can take it. It won't take you five minutes to do it, and you see where your gifts, gifts lie and your motivation, and you, you, you probably won't be surprised. But when Brent was talking about that, he talked about how mercy is something that some of you are gifted with, but one of the things he told us is, not many, right? I mean, a lot of us are saying, I mean, that was the thing he said, and I've heard so many people also say, you know, I was really low in mercy. You know, I didn't score very high in mercy. But you know what? That doesn't give us an out, an excuse to not act in mercy to other people. It doesn't mean if I, if I say, oh, well, no wonder. Look at me. I'm way down here on mercy, so I can just talk to people any way I want to. No. I mean, we still have to go after mercy. In the same way, when Kurt last week talked about teaching, this motivational gift of teaching, he said, I, lo- I loved it. He said, not everyone is a teacher, but everyone's a teacher. <laughs> Was he contradicting? That's kind, of, that's kind of like the Bible when people say, oh, the Bible contradicts itself. No, it's just like what he said. Not everyone is a teacher, but everyone's a teacher. You know, not everyone maybe is gifted that way, but you've got people around you that need to be taught, and if that's what needs to happen today, then I need to find a way to teach them. I need to find a way to open my mouth. And so, you know, I began to thinking about that. I thought, you know, this is probably the first one of the gifts we've been talking about then that, that you know, we won't say that about. And I told that to somebody this week, and then they said, well, not really. And I thought, yes, exactly, because... My, my whole point of this sermon where I've got to come to you is, is that this is not, you say it's really elementary if we look at it like prophecy, oh, that gift, that's just for people who have a platform or people who have a grow group. You know, those are the only people that need the gift of prophecy, and that is so wrong. And for a moment there, even in my study and preparing for this, and that's where I was going with that is I thought, oh, you know what, yeah, that's going to be a few number of people. And, and I lost sight of thank God that somebody, God put somebody in my in my path and spoke truth to me they spoke truth to me and got me back online with my mess wait a minute wait a minute you're about to miss something here is listen there are people that you took the test or you know that your motivational gift is to share truth god's truth and there's some of you say that's just really not me but that doesn't mean just the same way with mercy the same way with teaching that doesn't mean you shouldn't endeavor to speak truth when you have the opportunity and I don't mean just don't tell lies I mean to be a little aggressive in speaking the truth you know because we are drowning in information under a flood of facts but there is a famine of truth I mean you want you want facts <laughs> go Google them you'll find them you want information Go, go I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if y'all have ever seen this thing called Facebook. You want information on somebody's life, you can go find it. I can't, I can't promise you it's going to be truthful information. I can't promise you that that's exactly what their kids said. You know, these moms, you know, posting these stories and these dads posting these stories about their kids, you know, and how they're doing, you know, pre-calculus at the age of three and everything. can't promise you all those stories are true. There's a lot of information and facts out there. But our information, our facts often are are, are twisted a little bit by our opinions. This world needs truth. And they don't need to wait. I mean, think about it. How many people am I talking to today? Look around, count. This whole world needs truth today. Listen, 
We can debate politics. We know how, right? <laughs> Do we know how to debate politics? We know how, people that haven't even ever voted know how to debate politics. You know, we, we can talk about abortion. Ooh, got quiet now. We can talk about guns. We can talk about race. We can talk about justice. But as a person who scored the highest, on our test at least, the highest injustice, as you can score on that test, that wasn't my only one. It was actually a, a speaking one and a serving one. Now, I won't tell you what the serving one is just yet, okay? But the speaking one is prophecy. As a person who, who, who scored real high, I want to speak to you as, as a prophet here just a second, okay? Because I want to tell you this. We don't have a political problem in this world. We don't have an abortion problem in this world. We don't have a gun problem in this world. We don't have a race problem in this world. We don't have a justice problem in this world. We have a sin problem in this world. And if we could ever get that straight, if we could ever get ourselves straight with God, we wouldn't have all those other problems that you and I spend all our time talking about. That's truth that needs to be spoken to our world. But instead, we'll deal with the sub-issues instead of dealing with the real issues. Man, I, 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 got, I don't know when I'm going to get to really dig into this, but I've been making some notes on something. And, and just again, it, it kind of popped out the other night. You know, uh, sometimes, you know, as a pastor, you kind of hold on to something that you think is going to be really good until it really, you know, <laughs> ferments like it's supposed to, you know, and just becomes as, as powerful as it's supposed to be. But, you know, I think one of, the, one of the things we do in our country, especially in our culture, in our age, is we try to mitigate our mistakes and try, instead of trying to fix the problem behind the mistakes. And our, our world needs to hear what truth is because only truth solves all those issues that I mentioned and all the other ones that we have around us. Okay, so we need the prophets to step up. Now, we're not talking about the spiritual gift of prophecy. We're talking about those people who are motivated to speak truth. Now, are these people infallible? Well, I just told you, I scored real high on that one, right? And uh, uh, am I infallible? Just ask the lady sitting over here on the front row, and she'll tell you no, right? Okay? And you'll let, no, not infallible. So let me, let me give you a couple, a, a few weaknesses and strengths. I'm talking about strengths and weaknesses. Weaknesses are going to come first, okay? Here's the first one. They can be a bit arrogant. Okay, now... I've told you that I scored high in this because I wanted you to know. I, before I made, you made any of you other prophet-motivated people mad, I wanted you to understand that I'm, I'm speaking about us because what can happen if we're not careful is we, I know I'm speaking truth, so nobody else can tell me anything. I mean, if we're not careful, that's where we'll get to. We can say, well, I've already know, God's already spoken to me and I already know, and I don't need to hear from anybody else. Boy, I, I, I tell you, I, get, I got there a lot early in ministry, you know, when I was a young guy, you know, because God spoke to me. I know this sermon right here. <laughs> you know, and then somebody showed me in Scripture where what I said was wrong. I said, okay, well, maybe God didn't speak to me, right? They can get a little arrogant if not careful. Here's, here's another one, and here's one of the reasons. While denouncing sin, they may forget to add grace. Because you're so insistent. i got to tell you about the truth. And this sin is a sin. This action, this activity, the thing that you're doing, it's a sin. If we're not careful, speaking the truth, we can forget to add the grace. And we can forget, let, me, let me tell you a story, relate to you a story that happened, true story. It happened to me. Not a true story, but a true story happened to me. You know, a real true story. 
I was pre- I know I know this happened once. I hope it didn't happen more than once. But I was up and I was preaching. I was preaching. And you know uh, about how how we we all th- some we all have our own pet sins that are worse than others. You know, we, there's a sin that you think is worse than all other sins, or maybe two or three that you think is worse than all other sins. And you can kind of overlook some sins, you know, say, oh, that was not that bad. But we've all got those, you know, and we think they're worse. And I mentioned what mine was that Sunday. I said, you know, this is the one I have the hardest time. You know, I know God forgives it and everything. This is the one that I have the hardest time. You know, and I mentioned that. And, man, I was convicted about that later. Because you know what I realized later? I, 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 don't, I don't even know if they were in that service that day. But I realized later that there was someone in my congregation that was guilty of that sin in the past but had been forgiven and I preached how bad this action was and I never talked about the grace that brings us out of that you see that that's that's one of the weaknesses of the prophet if the prophet's not careful so the prophet has to be careful that they they mix in the grace and they also mix in the humility because even though God speaks to you I mean look in the Old Testament even though God speaks to you it doesn't mean you're infallible he speaks through you. It doesn't mean that you're infallible. But here's, here's some of their strengths, okay? They will not tell you what you want to hear. Now, some of you think that's a weakness because you want somebody to tell you what you want to hear, right? I want somebody. Can I tell you something? You don't need one single person in your life who tells you what you want to hear. I mean, sometimes we think, well, it's okay to have, you know, lots of different kinds of people. But you don't need anybody in your life telling you what you want to hear. You don't need that because you already know what you want. You need someone to challenge that what you want. Y'all, y'all have heard me say, some of you haven't, so let me say it. Everybody, everybody needs someone in their life that is a that stupid friend. Someone that you have given the permission to look you square in the eye and tell you that's stupid. We all need that. And, and for the most part, those are prophet people. A mercy person is not going to do that for you most of the time. They're going to struggle because they want to give mercy. An encourager is not going to do that. They want to encourage you. And you need those people. You need mercy people. You need encouragement. But you also need some prophets in your life that will look you in the eye and say, that's the most stupid thing I've ever heard come out of your mouth. You need, we need those kinds of people in, their life, in, in our life. And, and they will not tell you what you want to. They will not mitigate the truth to make it more palatable for you to take in. Mm. You know, um, I was thinking, I mentioned this guy a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I, I remember context, but I remember mentioning Max Lucado. I don't know if, I know some of y'all know Max Lucado. We own just about most, most of the books that he's written, and he is an encourager. I mean, I can't think of an author who encourages more through his books. But then one day I was reading, and I read something, I was like, whoa, wait, where, where did this prophet come from out of the midst of this encouragement right here? Because that's, I mean, he's always encouraging. All of a sudden, you know what he said? He said, he said, let's make this clear. I have never heard anyone say, a beer makes me feel more Christ-like. And I'm like, whoa, wow, is, is, is that, where did that come from, this encourager? And here's the interesting thing. If you've got a problem with that statement, you need to go and check out Max Lucado's story. And just, if you just, you just probably Google Max Lucado beer and, and it'll come up and find out that he's not saying this from a high and mighty place, but from a, a low place of where he's been. He said, whoa, where, and I'm like, where did this come from? Because, listen, the only way encouragement works or is, is when it is founded in truth. 
And that's what he did. There's, a, there's another pastor in Texas, uh, uh, Robert Morris. And you might not know that name, but you might know Gateway Church. We sing some of their songs that, that they've written. And uh, Robert Morris, I, I've not heard him speak a lot, but I've heard him in conferences and, and I've been in, been in his church and I've watched him online a little bit. And uh, one of the things he said is he, he says this. He says about tithes. Y'all know what tithes are? Now, oh, no, pastor, don't talk about giving right here, right now. No, he says this about tithes. You know, tithes is that 10% that God says belongs to him. Robert Morris says this. He makes no bones about it. I mean, this is prophet speaking right here. He says, based, or when it concerns the tithes, according to Scripture, there are only two things you can do. You can bring it or you can steal it. Oh, yeah, that's in your face. That's prophecy speaking right there. That's truth. That's not trying to make you feel better. Well, if you can't, or, well, I know that you've, you've got those payments, or that, not, not just to make you feel better. But to say that, or, or I've got this uh, other pastor that I follow. He's, he's in Canada. His name's Kerry Newhoff. And uh, I, read, I read one of his quotes one day, and it said, said this. No amount of competence, no amount of competence will compensate for a lack of character. You can work as hard as you want to. Say, well, I got this thing, you know, and, and, you know, and I, you know, I just fail here all the time, but I'm going to overwork it. I'm going to work over that, and nobody, no amount of, of competence will ever compensate for lack of character. Whoa. That's prophecy speaking right there. Or, or another, another pastor that I, I followed, I've heard him speak quite a few times, read his books and things, is uh, from Oklahoma. His name's, um, his name's Craig Rochelle. And, uh, and oh man, and I, and I forgot his quote right now. And I started to put these up here so I'd make sure I didn't forget those. And I forgot his. I got to go on. Those, those are three at least. I got one more for you, but I'm going I'm to save it for the end, okay? Is those are three prophet, prophecy quotes, not making it sound like you want it to sound, not twisting it where it's more palatable for you to take, but just the truth. Here, here's, here's the next strength. They detest lies. Little white ones and big whoppers. Y'all know the difference in little white lies and big whoppers? Little white lies is what I tell. Big whoppers is what y'all tell. <laughs> right? Because I, I, I can kind of twist my, you know, well, really? You know, I used to have a friend growing up, he, he used to say all the time, which I didn't lie. <laughs> you know, normally if you've got to qualify it like that, you probably did, <laughs> Right? They detest lies, falsehoods, and manipulation through truth. The reason I put all of that up there is because that's what we do sometimes. Say, well, I didn't lie. But the reason people who are motivated by prophecy, the truth, detest all of these things is because they destroy the truth. They are everything but the truth. Even a manipulation of the truth is not truth. And so they even detest manipulations of the truth. They won't play with it. And then the next uh, strength is when distinctly used by God, they have amazing timing. Let me explain here where we're going. We're taking a little deeper step now. Because some of you, if you, you know, whether you take that test or you just know that, yeah, I, I really am motivated by, by truth, by speaking truth. If you know that, that's one thing. But when you start praying for God to fill you with his spirit and he starts filling you with the spirit to use the gift the spiritual gift of prophecy not the motivational gift that you like to speak truth but the spiritual gift of prophecy and he starts giving you words to share 
that are spiritual gift of prophecy, you're going another, you're going another step deeper in this now. And it's important for every one of us to speak truth. This world desperately needs to hear truth. But it's important for us to also at times be willing for God to speak something to us for this right moment, this right time. Here's the difference. Having this motivation of a, a, a gift of prophecy is speaking truth, speaking truth, speaking truth. And that's important. But the thing that's more important than speaking truth is speaking the truth that is needed at a specific time. And that only happens when the Holy Spirit moves through you to give you that right word to speak at that moment. And that's so much deeper. And when that happens, when God does that, it'll be in an amazing timing. It'll, it, it'll blow you away. Like, where did that come from? I, and I, I've, I've shared this before, but I used to follow and, and used to receive a newsletter. Y'all know what newsletters are? Uh, that, that was back, you know, before everything was online, you know, that I actually got one in the mail. You know, a hard copy of a newsletter. It was four pages is what it was, front and back. It's actually, it's actually two pages. Actually, it's one page, one of those big wide pages folded up. So it's literally four pages, but, you know, and it's like this guy, David Wilkerson. David Wilkerson, I mean, the prophet of our generation who died, I, I don't know, um, 15 years or so ago, I'm not sure. And I would get these in the mail, and I'd read them. Man, they were so great. And sometimes I'd open one. Y'all ever heard the term reading my mail? Man, I would open up my mail, and I was reading my mail as he was reading my mail. And the crazy thing was this. There were times that I didn't have time to read the newsletter, that, and so I would put it somewhere. You know, I'm going to read this later. I'd put it in a drawer, stick it in a book or something. You know, put it in a box. And then sometimes I would, like, like I would be, when we moved, Moved to a different pastor's, you know, and I was moving all my boxes of books and stuff around, you know, and I'd start unpacking my box. Oh, there's one of those. And I'd open it up and I'd read. And like, boom, right then, right that moment. How in the world did David Wilkerson know that he was going to mail me something and it was going to stay in a box for months or years and then I was going to open it that moment that I needed to read that? Let me tell you how. That didn't happen just because he was motivated to speak truth that, only, that was not David Wilkerson. That was the Spirit of God inside of David Wilkerson that was working all that around and hiding that from me and making it happen that time. See, when that kind of thing happens, then we're beyond just the motivational gift. We're talking now the spiritual gifts of prophecy. That, and we need to be, maybe not that you don't seek that, but you seek God to use you in those ways. And I've got one last one. Let me throw this one at you as quick as I can. There is a good purpose behind the word God gives them to share. Always. 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 You know, I know sometimes we think of prophecy and sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. No, it's always, it always has a good purpose. But we don't always accept it as a good purpose, especially if it's telling us something we don't want to hear, right? But it always has a good purpose. It always intends to lead us in a right direction to share some great possibility. The, there is always a good purpose behind the word that God gives a prophet to share. Always. Always. And so if you have prophets in your life, if you have someone in your life that speaks truth, and they don't speak their truth, but they speak God's truth, then you, you need to open yourself to that. You need to say, God, give them another word for me today. God, and you know, that, that should be somebody on your speed dial. 
That should be someone that, that you go and say, hey, can we have lunch? Can we go get coffee? Can we spend a little time? Will you pray with me about something? Those are the people, but instead, what do we, we go all the way back to the top there, don't we? And we say, well, let, let me find somebody who will tell me it's something that will help me feel good about getting through the day instead of helping me do something today that makes tomorrow better. That's what prophets do. Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.